This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 247, Cognitive Bias, by the Mad Fientist of themadfientist.com. And hello again, everybody. I'm Dan, your personal narrator for today and every weekday here on the program. This is where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And before we uh, go ahead and hear today's post from The Mad Fientist, I have another podcast that you should definitely check out, and that is the Creating Wealth Podcast with Jason Hartman. You can learn a new slant on investing and hear from experts in the field. It's definitely worth the listen. So come by oldpodcast.com slash wealth to learn more. Now let's get to today's post and start optimizing your life. Cognitive Bias by the Mad Fientist of themadfientist.com. Let's all step into the Mad Fientist laboratory for a minute to run a little experiment. I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios and you just have to quickly choose one option and then move on to the next scenario. Imagine you're the head of the U.S. Center for Disease Control and a deadly disease breaks out. There has been an outbreak on two separate islands and there are two courses of action you can take on each island that will affect how many people survive the outbreak. Island number one. On island number one, if program A is adopted, 270 people will die. If program B is adopted, there is a 40% chance that no one will die and a 60% chance that all 450 people on the island will die. Island number two. Programs A and B can't be implemented on island number two, so you have to instead choose between programs C and D. If program C is adopted, 180 people will be saved. If program D is adopted, there's a two in five chance that all 450 people on the island will be saved and a three in five chance that nobody will be saved. Selections. Did you choose programs B and C? When this experiment is conducted in an actual laboratory, the vast majority of people choose program B over program A and program C over program D. So what's the point? Let's take a closer look at these scenarios again. The expected values of the programs are actually exactly the same for all four programs. 180 out of 450 people will be saved. Now, if you also take a closer look and compare the two scenarios, you'll see that programs C and D are exactly the same as programs A and B respectively. For program A, 270 people will die, so 180 people will survive, which is the same as program C. For program B, there's a two in five chance everyone will survive and a three in five chance everyone will die, just as in program D. So all programs are equal in terms of effectiveness. Programs A and C are exactly the same and programs B and D are exactly the same. So why is it most people choose to gamble in the first scenario, program B, but choose the sure thing in the second scenario, program C? It's all about how the outcomes are framed and how we feel about risk and loss. Framing, loss aversion, and risk. If the problem is framed as a loss, as it is in the island number one scenario, focusing on the people that die rather than the people that live, we become risk-seeking. Since 270 people would definitely die if we choose program A, we'd rather risk killing everyone for the chance of saving those 270 people. If the problem is framed as a gain, however, as it is in the island number two scenario, focusing on the people that will be saved, we become risk-averse. We want to protect our gains. In this case, the saving of 180 people. So the majority of us would choose program C to avoid the risk of losing those 180 if we instead chose program D. So simply by framing the exact outcomes in different ways, we've altered the decisions of the majority of the population. So how does this apply to my finances? Why am I making you put Islanders' lives at risk? To illustrate that your brain often affects your decision-making without you consciously being aware of it. 
You may feel that you are smarter than other people and that you are able to make logical decisions when it comes to your finances, but these subtle quirks of your mind influence every decision you make. Anchoring. Let me present to you another study to further reinforce this point. We've all probably heard of Gandhi. If you close your eyes, you can even probably picture him. Since the image is likely an image of him shortly before his death, you'd most likely do reasonably well guessing how old he was when he died. If before asking you how old you think Gandhi was when he died, I ask, did Gandhi live to be 140? You'd probably laugh at my stupidity and say, no, that's ridiculous. If before asking you how old you think Gandhi was when he died, I ask, did Gandhi live to be nine? You'd probably also laugh at my stupidity and say, absolutely. Neither of these responses to these two ridiculous questions is surprising. What is surprising, however, is how the responses to the how old was Gandhi when he died question are affected when you precede the question with one of the two ridiculous questions just mentioned. When asked, did Gandhi live to be 140? Before being asked how old he was when he died, participants answered on average that he was 67 when he died. When participants were asked instead, did Gandhi live to be nine before being asked how old he was when he died, participants answered on average that he was 50 when he died. In this experiment, the ridiculous scenarios, even though they were far-fetched, served as anchors that ultimately affected the answers to the question about Gandhi's age at death. It's not hard to see how this type of anchoring could affect your financial decision-making. If all the talking heads on CNBC are saying that Dow's going to go to 18,000 by year's end, an anchor is set in your mind that could potentially affect your view of the market and subsequently your interactions with the market. Other examples. The bad news doesn't stop at framing and anchoring, however. There's also confirmation bias, the idea that we tend to place more weight on options that we agree with and discount or disregard information that we don't agree with. Illusory superiority. About 80% of the population believes they are above average drivers. And many, many more. So how can you save yourself from yourself? What's the solution? My advice is to take your brain out of the investing equation as much as possible. I know that probably sounds like the worst investing advice ever, but let me explain. Your brain is useful when setting up an investment plan, but it's not useful when you execute that plan for the reasons mentioned above. I invest the majority of my portfolio in a total stock market index fund. This simple strategy has allowed me to take my brain out of the what question completely when it comes time to invest. I don't spend hours agonizing over which stock to invest in this month, and therefore, I don't let all of the external factors present in the world unconsciously influence my decisions. You can also take your brain out of the when question as well. To do so, set up an automated investment plan that automatically invests a certain amount of money every month. Automating your investments will further decrease the possibility of your brain sabotaging your investing plan and will allow you to consistently invest your money as soon as it's available to invest. You just listened to the post titled Cognitive Bias by the Mad Scientist of madfiantist.com. And once again, to learn a new slant on investing and for some more great personal finance content, come by oldpodcast.com slash wealth and check out the Creating Wealth podcast with Jason Hartman. Jason has some new approaches and exciting techniques to protect your money while building passive income. As a self-made millionaire with over 20 years of financial experience, he brings on a wide variety of guests to share their wisdom, and that's including Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Steve Forbes, Jenny Craig, and many others. You can find the Creating Wealth podcast in your favorite podcast app and come by oldpodcast.com wealth 
to learn more. And Jason is helping us out to keep this show going, so it would be great if you could return the favor and visit him too. Again, just visit oldpodcast.com slash wealth for more info and to further optimize your finances. Now, tomorrow we're going to start a two-part post from PT Money. So I'll see you there in the Wednesday show where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Finance Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.